Good evening. Many of you have tuned into this podcast frequency, expecting to hear another hour of drivel from the wretches and layabouts of the late, late capitalism show. I can see you laying in front of the radio that is somehow the centerpiece of your living room, grinning a stupid, eager grin, head propped up in your hands, legs kicking in anticipation. I am very happy to disappoint you, dear listener. There will be no late, late capitalism show tonight. Instead, I present to you a tale of horror. This is a fear you know well, for it has lived within you since your ancestors huddled in caves and watched shadows play on the stone walls. The bone-deep terror that consumes you in your darkest depths of despair and casts a pallor on your every moment of joy. The greatest horror of all, trying to get four people together for an hour to record a podcast. I warn you, from here on out, your former hosts are just as crass and clueless as they were before they entered my realm. They say some things here that are much more revolting and terrifying than anything I could ever put them through. I don't know which of us should be more embarrassed about that. Now settle in and listen to the pod house of horror, if you dare. <laughs> dreadful hosts sit in their respective messy bedrooms running audio tests in preparation for the latest episode. Dean, Chance, and Megan prattle on for a while before noticing that Jesse is uncharacteristically late. Okay, for the show I found this op-ed by Rex Murphy called The National Utility of Sarsaparilla that gets way more racist than you'd think. <laughs> Sarsaparilla kind of looks like cum. That's awesome. Y yeah, man. Uh, Jesus. Jesse's like 15 minutes late. Where is this asshole? I haven't heard from him all day. I even sent him a message about how my coworker made fun of my jeans, and he hasn't even threatened to maim her yet. That's rare for him. Did he have a bit for today's show? He told me he was doing a Mary Fuck Kill about the host of The View, but it was about which of them he thinks have married, fucked, or killed children. And then I think he was planning on playing his 3DS for the last, like, 35 minutes of the show. Chance, you work with him. Can you reach out? Yeah, I'll send him a DM on Instagram. Which DeviantArt pick do you think he'd respond to? Just send him that one of that insanely jacked dog with the little booty shorts. He said he wanted to include that dog in his will. So I think that's probably the best choice. Okay, sent. Let's hope he sees it soon. Jesse is behind the wheel of his affordable mid-sized sedan. Sheets of rain smash against his windshield as he cranes his neck left and right to try and see through it. He rolls down his window to try and get a better view and gets a mouthful of rain. He turns his head to the right and coughs out a full-grown fish, which begins flopping wildly in his passenger seat. He looks towards a non-existent camera with a bewildered smirk and shrugs, saying, It's a living. He then jerks the wheel back and forth as his vehicle skids out of control. There is a piercing squeal of metal twisting and then an overwhelming silence. Jesse opens his eyes and finds himself in a dimly lit room. He feels the ergonomic support and comfort of a gaming chair beneath him. 
The next thing he notices is a searing bolt of pain pulsating through his right hand. Oh man, ah, oh, my gaming hand. I need that to play 38 consecutive hours of Civ 5 so I can realize my vision of global Serbian domination. Damn. The sound of footsteps and then the door opening. Hey, you're awake. Good to see it. You are fucked up something fierce. Yeah, my podcasting hand may never be the same. You think that's bad? You should see your car. What happened to it? Well, the frame is okay, but the interior is trash. You might have rear-ended a garbage truck or something. There's hundreds of Wendy's cups and wrappers all over the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, garbage truck, right. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know if the wrappers are still there? No. They all flew out the window when they towed your car away. Fuck! <laughs> yeah, towing is crazy expensive, right? Huh? No, not... Okay, never mind. Don't worry about it. Anyways, who are you and where am I? It's me. Abby Shapiro, you're in my gaming chair. I was walking home from Walmart and I saw your car in a ditch. Lucky for you, I had just stolen like eight bottles of rubbing alcohol. Talk about good timing. But I don't have any cuts or scrapes. Oh, I didn't use it on you. I had to chug that shit to deal with the trauma of seeing your nasty ass car. Anyways, I brought you here to recover. How are you feeling? Not too bad, other than my hand. But you know, I really should be going. I've, I've got a podcast to record. <laughs> you're a podcaster? Yeah. I mean, I host the Late Late Capitalism show on CFRC 101.9, broadcast live Thursday nights at midnight, so really it's a Friday, but it is available wherever you find your podcast. Oh my god, I love that show. Why? Uh, I mean, wonderful. I, always surprising to meet a fan. Which one are you? Uh, which what? Host. Oh, yeah. No big deal. I'm Jesse. I'm kind of like the bad boy, cool guy. Ah, Jesse, I see. Just excuse me for a moment. Please make yourself comfortable. Why don't you watch some YouTube and relax? The rain should let up soon. Sure. Do you know if fail army is one word or two? Abby says nothing as she leaves. The sound of Jesse's laughter is heard as we fade out. The gang are all still seated at their computers, waiting for Jesse. Any response, Chance? No, I'm starting to get worried. I think I should go out and look for him. Tonight? But it's Halloween. There are all manner of ghosts and goblins at gallivanting. Yeah, the perfect night to split up. Look, I'll go look for him. Why don't you guys take 20 and get some food? Good idea. It's Halloween, so I am allowed to have candy for dinner. Dean, you're gonna give yourself an adult tummy ache. Trust me, I've had more tummy aches than any other living person. They're not fun. All right, you kids have fun. I'm gonna go find Jesse. I'll text you guys when I've got him. Abby re-enters her room to find Jesse completely fixated on the screen. He has switched from Fail Army to the Epic Mealtime back catalog. How are you feeling? Do you think that Muscle's glasses would be, you know, like, into me? Or do you think our similar strong masculine auras would clash? But, you know, can you see us as an influencer power couple is, is the crux of this. Uh, it looks like the rain has stopped now. Would you like me to call you an Uber or something? Huh? No, no. My hand is way too sore. I'm worried I'd puke in the back of the Uber from the pain, you know? But don't you have a show to record tonight? Yeah, so, you know, we could do it next week. I see. I'll be right back. Abby leaves her room and returns a moment later with a hand mallet. Yeah, what's that? That looks like the thing they use in Looney Tunes. Oh, oh, that reminds me. Need to look up some Looney Tunes deviant art pics to send to the group chat. Jesse, can I see your hand for a second? Sure, I can type with my bad hand as long as I do it boomer style, you know, one key at a time. 
Jesse absentmindedly moves his hand within smacking range for Abby as he looks up his Looney Tunes smut. Abby swings the mallet down on his left hand. Ow! That's my jack in hand. Why'd you do that? Are you familiar with the concept of conditioning? You can't ask a bald man if he's familiar with conditioner. That is problematic as fuck. Abby smacks his hand again. Youch! God damn it, man. Look, I love the show, but you're driving me insane. You've got to stop saying, we'll touch on that later, and then never talking about it again. You've got to stop saying really obtuse, problematic shit like Albanians are the Serbians of Poland. Nobody knows what it means, but they know it's offensive. Abby smacks his hand again. She rains down a flurry of blows as she continues. Stop talking about blackface. We get it. He loves doing blackface. Stop doing that weird Trump voice. Stop tempting us with Megan's silly voices. She clearly doesn't want to do them. And for the love of God, talk properly into your microphone. Ow, okay, okay. Oh, so much for the tolerant left. I'll record the episode this week and try not to ruin it. Can you call me that Uber now? Call your own. I can't. They blacklisted me from the app after I told the driver to kill his boss. Then start walking. Abby rolls the gaming chair out towards the front door and tilts it, dumping Jesse out onto his face. He pulls his head up from the concrete and his teeth waggle in his mouth like piano keys. He grabs his nose with his hand and pulls it forward, unflattening his face. Well, guess I learned something tonight. Don't really know what it is. It wasn't paying attention or whatever shit, but I, I learned, I think, something I think. I don't know. I wonder if Hooters is still open. Chance roams the Kingston streets looking for Jesse. He yells and shouts, opening garbage cans and peering into mailbox slots. Man, all this searching is thirsty work. I'm all out of my limited edition Baja Blast cartridge, but I do have this weird dusty cartridge I picked up at the Mogwai store. As Chance sucks deeply from his rockin' rig, a thick white fog begins to surround him. The fog thickens and swirls before consuming him completely. Chance tries to sit down and gather himself. He blindly feels his way over to a park bench and takes a seat. Damn, this Nick hits hard. Ow, what the fuck? There's no ass room on this bench. It's just armrests. I hate this stupid fucking city and its anti-homeless architecture. Fuck off. At least the fog is clearing up. Where am I? Is that? Oh, fuck. Chance looks around and sees that he's in City Park. In fact, he is sitting on a bench at the base of a newly restored statue of Sir John A. Macdonald. Well, I suppose that shouldn't surprise me. Problem for another day. I've got to find Jesse. Chance walks through City Park for a few moments before he comes across a familiar face. Oh, hey, Dean. Is that you? Hey, Chance. Cool shirt, man. Very exotic. Where did you get that? My FBI fry bread inspector shirt? I've had this for years. I wore this to your circumcision. Are you feeling okay? Never better, buddy. What are you doing out here tonight? I'm looking for Jesse. Remember? What are you doing out here? Well, it's my night to hold vigil at the statue, silly. I've got my city-issued needler and everything. As for Jesse, he's probably at Decolonized Hooters. Decolonized Hooters? What's that? Sheesh, you were really on one tonight. It's only Kingston's best restaurant. It's a bespoke, impossible chicken wing bar, and all the servers wear little shorts and tops. How is that different from regular Hooters? Well, I mean, for the most part, it's not. But the owner makes sure that all of their ingredients come from female warlords and slave traders. They are leaning all the way in. Right, yeah. Uh, thanks, man. I'll, uh, go there now? A visibly perplexed Chance leaves the park and makes his way over to Berry Street. At the corner of Barry and Union, he finds decolonized Hooters. He makes his way up to the front podium to find Megan there waiting for him. Megan, 
Thank God. Dean was acting so weird. Hey, bud. Do you want your normal seat by the bar? Finally. Something that makes sense. Yes. Oh, is, is Jesse here? Yeah, he's upstairs at the Raytheon Royal Milk HBC Lounge. Do you want to sit up there instead? Uh, yeah, sure. The... yeah, yeah. Okay, here's your dagger. Megan hands Chance a small but ornate dagger with an orange hilt with a small globe emoji on the pommel. What am I supposed to do with this? What do you mean? Are you feeling okay? You use it to spread the sauce, silly. Alright, let's go. Megan leads Chance up to the third floor. The bouncer opens the door and lets both he and Megan into the lounge. The lounge itself is lavishly accommodated. Chance spies Jesse sitting in a swanky leather lounger next to Mayor Brian Patterson, Randy Hillier, and the General from the General Insurance commercials. Here you go, buddy. I'll be back in a jiff to take your order. Megan exits the lounge and makes her way down the stairs. Chance, my main man, take a seat. You remember the General, right? The diminutive man in the black leather lounger nods at Chance. Jesse, what the hell is on your face? Chance points to the tattoo inked on his friend's forehead, an Illuminati eye etched into an ancient pyramid. Ah, this old thing? This represents my ultimate power over this hellscape of your own psyche. I'm Pyramid Head, baby. It's not too on the nose, is it? Hey, what's wrong, buddy? You look a little pale. Jesse, we've been waiting like an hour for you. We've got to get home and record the episode. Jeez, Louise. We recorded last night. Nag, nag, nag with this guy. <laughs> Can't believe you forgot. It was your turn to do the research. Wait, really? What did we cover? Man, you insisted that you do a long read of your latest op-ed for the National Post. I think it was called, uh, Our Generational Embarrassment, How New Metal and Professional Wrestling Portended Doom for Gen Y. Inspired stuff. Best episode of Front Burner yet. Uh, I think I'm gonna be sick. Oh my god, where the hell am I? Has it always been this bad? Don't get me wrong, the city has always been a festering boil, but this seems like a level beyond. Will we ever be forgiven for the evil we've wrought? Sheesh, chill out, man. You're such a downer when you haven't had your fix. Ah, perfect timing. Megan, some of that good good, please. Megan walks over with a pint glass full of a grayish liquid. Drink up, guys. Cheers, it's the freaking weekend, and I'm about to have me some fun. Uh, this is okay, because he was found not guilty in this universe. Cheers, I'll drink to that. To R. Kelly, Al Franken, and of course, Kevin Spacey. Three guys who are all legally innocent from a strictly legal definition. Jesse and Megan down the liquid. Chance watches on in horror. There is a flickering of a flashlight from the window behind him. His phone rings. It's a FaceTime call from Dean. He seems to have a beer bong brimming with adrenochrome. Oh baby, time for a can check. Who y'all drinking? Chance throws his phone to the ground, shattering it on impact. He slowly retreats to the window. What's the matter, buddy? Drink up. It's bliss. This is not my beautiful Hooters. This is not my beautiful co-host. I can't take this anymore. Chance turns to face the window and leaps through it. He pulls out his vape and takes one last long, hard pull. The fog enshrouds him once again. He falls for what feels like an eternity. Nothingness with a slight hint of cotton candy. He crashes hard, smashing through the concrete below. He feels his body twist and distort, almost like someone was pulling taffy through a keyhole. Then all at once, it stops. He feels cold ground beneath him and pushes himself up. I'm alive? Not much juice left in this cartridge. Gotta make it count. Certainly looks like City Park. And hey, no John A. Maybe things will work out. Chance strolls through the park. Fewer benches than I remember. Hmm. Chance spots a somewhat familiar face. A man who looks vaguely like Dean beckons him over. Same face, same beard, but this man looks to be about 225 pounds of tight muscle, playing with a hoop and a stick. 
Ah, uh, hello, Chancellor. What are you doing out here at this time of night? Dean? Well, looking good, buddy. I will require you to say pause before I interact with you any further. Every second you hesitate casts aspersions on my masculinity. Your silence is a ticking time bomb that will blow away everything I've worked so hard towards. I didn't even know most of those muscles were muscles. You look like the white Kumel Nanajani. You are etched, my man. I will not ask again. Please say pause before my life crumbles and I am left a purposeless degenerate. Okay, uh, fine. Pause. Happy? No. Happiness leads to hedonism, and hedonism to complete moral degeneracy. I left my happiness behind when I swore to uphold Western values and tone my triangle dick muscle. Women want me, but I am sworn to provide seed for one and one alone, as it was, as it is again, forever and always. You know I'm not a huge fan of mystic nationalism, but this new vibe is really working for you. Can you tell me where Jesse is? Yes, he's in the studio preparing to record. Wow, without me having to remind him? You guys had a major glow up. Where's the studio? On the corner of Barry and Union, just across the way. Thanks, Dino. Chance leaves the muscle-bound Dean to his traditional, God-honoring pastime and heads for Jesse's recording studio. He arrives to see that the one-time Hooters has been converted into a sleek, modern media studio. Jesse's face sprawls across a billboard next to the building. His visage has been superimposed onto the body of a gorilla, and his eyes glow red. Okay, hard to tell if that's a new development for him. Only one way to find out. Chance enters through the media studio and follows the sickening, glowing arrows to a recording studio. Through the glass doors, he sees Jesse and Megan sitting on a set in front of some shelves populated exclusively with Richard Dawkins books. Jesse is interviewing Megan and occasionally making the Tucker Carlson face. So let me get this straight, Megan. You're saying that your criticisms of Big Pharma were censored by the critical race theory EAs at your daughter's daycare. That's right. I was simply trying to explain how the polio, measles, rubella, and chickenpox inoculations are actually polio, measles, rubella, and chickenpox indoctrinations. Wow. You see, Jesse, each needle contains a small piece of nanometal from the One World Government supercomputer, AM. This tiny microscopic piece has been coded with anti-white algorithms that subconsciously influence our children. It teaches them to be ashamed of their heritage. And how did these so-called educational assistants react to this? They told me I was being unreasonable and visibly intoxicated. Huh. So what happened next? Well, I lifted the waistband of my God Coffee Cowboy sweater to reveal the handle of my Smith & Wesson. They were so triggered. They called the cops and asked me to leave. Folks, this is what I've been warning you about. A mother was forced to leave her daughter's daycare because she was speaking the truth and exercising her God-given right to carry a firearm into a room filled with children. Prayer warriors, I'm going to need you to firebomb this school with the truth. Oh, look, we're being joined in studio by one of my favorite guests. Chance, come on over, big man. Look, all right, I was kind of into Dean's changes, but this is psychotic. Megan, since when have you been anti-vax? I am not anti-vax. I'm pro-choice. Not that way, but you know what I mean. I don't want to be injected with nanometals or the ashes of George Soros. My body, my choice. Not in that way. Not in that way. Jesse, come on, man. This shit is so lame. At least go the Alex Jones route. How dare you disrespect the president's name? This isn't you, guys. Please, you have to believe me. There is a better way. Security! Dean! Get Chance out of here. He's, he's off his rocker. The hulking Dean Gorilla walks through the door and into the studio. The three surround Chance, who responds by slicing his finger on Jesse's overly large novelty cigar cutter, brandishing his bloody finger like a cross. 
stay back unless you want some of this fully vaccinated blood. That's right. Nano metals, heavy metals, new metals, Soros ashes, everything. I will spray my vax juice all over you. Chance swings his finger around like a torch. Jesse, Dean, and Megan recoil and cower. I've got to get back to the right Kingston. Chance takes a long pull on his vape and smoke and shreds and once more. Darkness, that damn interminable darkness. Silence, more silence, and then a cacophony of light and sound as Chance is thrust back into the world. He is back in City Park. No statue, no hulking Dean. And is that, could it be? Regular Hooters? We're back, baby. Chance runs across the street and over to Hooters. He kisses the podium at the front with tears in his eyes. Jesse's in his usual spot, right? The black-shirted doorman simply nods and steps aside. Oh, thank God. Jesse, we've got to get you home and record this episode. Right, yeah. Uh, that's what I was supposed to be doing. I had this weird encounter with this girl who was talking about, like, uh, you know, recording, and she was, like, hitting me with a hammer, and, you know, like... Look, man, I don't want to know about your weird sex stuff. Okay, I do. But not right now. Uh, let's get going. Chance and Jesse leave Hooters and make their way back to record. Megan and Dean are sitting patiently at their computers, waiting for Jesse and Chance to return. Megan slumps in her chair, resting her elbow on the desk, absent-mindedly scrolling Tumblr. Dean spins gently in his chair, reading the National Post op-ed section. Jeez, these guys are taking forever. I'm gonna make a snack. Ah! I'm all out of tofu seeds and lettuce. Uh-oh. Those are literally the only three things that you can eat without your bird stomach exploding. What's the plan, Megan? I'm gonna have to go down to the corner store and get some fun snacks. Megan, please no. What if Jesse and Chance come back while you're gone? We've got to get this goddamn show done, I'm begging you. It's fine, I'm so fast, I'm crazy fast. You are not, in fact, crazy fast. It took you like 40 minutes to walk from stages to ale, your two favorite bars in the world. That wasn't my fault. I was drunk and I saw like three cute dogs. You had one shot and those were not dogs. They were particularly large ghetto bugs. Sorry, I can't hear you. I'm busy running to the store. Bye. Megan darts out of her room and out of her apartment. I hate these people so much. It's unreal. Dean absentmindedly scrolls Twitter. After liking several tweets in a thread about how girls with black lipstick throw that shit back like mad, he gets up from his chair and heads to his beer fridge. Oh boy, oh boy. I can't wait to try this new, limited edition, first run Zootopia Sour. No Judy, all hops. I hope Megan be gets back soon. Otherwise I'll have to send her like 20 or 30 texts saying, feeling cute and sad RN. You there? And I swear to God tonight I'm gonna smoke like six cigarettes. Don't try to stop me. Dean sits back in his chair and takes a few sips of his sour. He leans progressively further back in his chair until crash. Dean awakes to the sound of idle chatter in the all-too-familiar blinding malaise of fluorescent lighting. Huh? This isn't my parents' laundry room. Would the defendant care to finish his testimony? Dean does a big, comedic double-take and then points to his own chest. m, -m, -m me The defendant? A familiar voice with a distinctly southern twang chimes in. Now I say, Yana, the defendant is clearly trying to filibuster this court. I promise you there will be no busting of any type in my courtroom. Please continue your testimony, Dean. Testimony? What are you talking about? You're on trial, son. You're being cancelled for your numerous transgressions. Oh my god, cancel culture has run amok. This is a nightmare. A familiar voice rings out. Objection, the prosecution is badgering my client. Oh, thank god you're on my side. Thanks, babe. Megan looks visibly confused and concerned. 
Uh, please strike that outburst from the record, Your Honor. My client is clearly coming out of some fugue state. Overruled. The jury can take that outburst into consideration. Now, unless the defendant has anything else to add, I am going to allow the prosecution to begin their cross-examination. Well, thank you, Your Honor. And may I add that you are looking particularly dominant and judgeable today. Now, I I'm no big city lawyer, but even I can recognize a man who needs to be cancelled. Over the next few minutes, I'm going to lay out a case for you fine people of the jury. And at the end of this line of questioning, y'all are going to have no choice but to cancel Dean. Now, Dean, can you recall what you were doing on the night of April 12th, 2021? Uh, I don't know. Probably online. You're telling me you don't know for certain what you were doing that evening. Fuck, man. I don't know. Well, I do, sir. On the evening of April 12th, 2021, you quote-tweeted a picture of Amy and Lou from Heartland and added the caption, Nah, I know it smelled crazy in there. Can you explain why you thought this was appropriate? I literally have no recollection of this. I don't even know who those two are. Is that so? Then why did you read an entry from fanfiction.net about these two characters engaging in the practice of quartus? I didn't. That was 100% something that you did. We had to cut it from an episode. It was like 85 minutes of audio. Ah, uh, Yana, I'm not on trial here. Jesse slams his fist onto his desk and his briefcase falls to the floor. The locks pop open and his papers spill everywhere. The entirety of his briefcase contains several thousand pages of CanCon fanfiction, including an agonizingly detailed story about the cops from pretty hard cases sucking and fucking each other. Ah, uh, this evidence is non-admissible. Overruled, the jury may consider the overwhelming breadth of the prosecution's pornography in their verdict. Fine, fine. Uh, Mr. Dean, is it true that you are a white male? Yes. The courtroom gasps and then starts to boo and hiss. Megan places her head in her hands and sighs. Ah, very interesting. Uh, Dean, is your significant other in the courtroom right now? Uh, yeah, she's my lawyer. The courtroom gasps again as Phoebe Bridgers stands up, rips the engagement ring off her finger, throws it at Dean, and runs out of the courtroom crying. Objection. My client's mental state is clearly impaired. I ask for a recess so he can gather his faculties before continuing. Overruled. It's almost lunch and I'm hungry as fuck. Let the record show that Dean declared his interest in having a lawyer mommy GF, much to the chagrin of his now ex-fiance. Are you allowed to tell a jury that? That seems insanely corrupt. One final question, Yana. Now, up until a moment ago, Dean was engaged to something called a Phoebe Bridge Wallet. I don't know. I'm not a sicko, so I do not know who she is. <laughs> but I do understand her vibe. Girls like that only like to date bad boys, the kind of people you cannot bring home to your parents. If you look at the defendant, he is dressed like an anemic Andrew Dice Clay. He's got a studded leather jacket on, his t-shirt's pattern is various racial slurs done in the style of famous brands. It is abundantly clear that this man is fit only to be cancelled. Objection. The attire of my client is not relevant. Uh, this was picked out by his GF. Agreed. The jury will strike Dean's hilarious shirt from the record. Does the defense have any closing statements? Yes. I'd like to testify on my own behalf. Megan shoots Dean a look and shakes her head. Dean gives her a thumbs up and stands up in the witness box. The second he stands up, his pants fall down, revealing white boxers with little hearts on them. He bends over to pull his pants up and bangs his chin on the railing. After a brief pratfall, he regains his balance and continues his statement. Some of the things you have heard here today are true. Yes, I am a white man. Boo. Yes, my GF dresses me. And yes, I do host Canada's 
398th most popular leftist podcast. But these aspects of who I am should not define my identity. I am also a lover, a scientist, a gentle sir, and contrary to popular belief, someone you can bring home to your parents. Okay, maybe not your dad. He'll throw a football at me, and in the process of trying to catch it, I'll probably bump into your mantle and knock over the urn containing your step-uncle's ashes. But your mom will love me, and I love them. Kids too. But okay, wait, not like that. Strike that. Uh, I do not love kids. In fact, I hate them. I'd kill them if I could. Objection. My client is on one. Permission to speak on his behalf. Permission granted, but this better be sick. Look, Dean is a weird little guy. We can all agree on that. But he's got a good heart and a nice head of hair. We can get him in touch with GF services. They will take his phone away after 11 p.m., make him buy nice clothes like flannel and grandpa sweaters, and force him to post social justice infographics. He is not a lost cause. We have to be willing to fight for the deans in our lives. The jury seems unmoved. One of them yawns. Okay, let me put it to you this way. If you cancel him, he gets to have a cushy media career and an hour-long Netflix comedy special. Do you really want that? There's an uproar in the courtroom as jurors scream, No! God, no! We find him innocent! Judge Chancellor bangs his gavel and restores order to the court. Do we have a verdict? Hand it here. Dean, the jury finds you guilty on all counts, but have made the bold decision to grant you a stay of cancellation. You are free to go, son. Dean does a Mario-style double jump to celebrate the rule. He gives Megan a big hug and runs out of the courtroom. The momentum from the run carries him out of his state of unconsciousness he found himself in earlier. He wakes with a start, his shirt wet and clammy from sweat. What a horrible night to have a curse. What an awful nightmare. Thankfully, it actually worked out for me, and I don't have to learn my lesson. Score another one for the white man. Not going to think about what I just said that would be counterintuitive to the nightmare I just had. Uh, just gonna keep cruising. Hell, maybe we can even get this episode done tonight. Everything's coming up Dino. Dean is still sitting at his computer. There are three Discord join alerts. Jesse, Chance, and Megan. Ayo, what's good? You found Jesse. What took so long? Okay, first off, I'm neurodivergent and literally a minor, so tone down the tude a few notches. Second, I was part of a fan-involved use of kinesthetic force. She was talking about some weird stuff. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, and then I went to Hooters. Sorry I'm late. Uh, I went on this kind of cosmic reality-bending escapade to find him. Uh, on a related note, Dean, you should invest in HGH. It really suited you. I had such a weird dream. I was on trial for being a white male. Scary shit. Glad that Halloween only comes once a year. Hey, what about you, Megan? Did anything weird happen to you on the way to the seed and feed store? Hmm, not really. Nothing at all? Well, like, it all seemed pretty normal. I ran about two blocks to the store and felt dizzy, so I sat down on one of those benches that is all arms. Then my friend texted me a link to a TikTok called Cute Baby Names, Demons of the Old World Edition. And I watched that a few times. I really like the name Mammon. You can call them Ma for short. Then I went into this store and bought this yummy trail mix that's like 95% M&Ms. As I was leaving, I did see this super tall dude in a blue onesie coverall thingy staring at me, but like, what else is new? I started walking home and every few seconds I'd look back and he would just be standing there T-posing, getting progressively closer. Then I started hearing this driving synth music, but it was kind of cool, so I dug it. 
Then I walked to my apartment and tripped as he got closer. Then I got to the door and fumbled with my keys until he was right behind me. I could feel his breath on the back of my neck, as cold as a great lake breeze. The acrid stench of death and brimstone filled my lungs. At this moment, I was sure I was going to die. Adrenaline, fear, acceptance, grief, rage, all bouncing around my body like a super ball in a dumbwaiter. I turned my head 180 degrees like an owl and looked him in the eyes. Fuck you, I said defiantly. He raised his blade high and prepared to end it all with one final decisive strike. Anyways, I got my apartment door open and walked up the stairs and now I'm here, yay. Jesus Christ, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. This seemed like normal to you? Yeah, this kind of thing is just what life is like for a woman. Uh, you walk to the store at night, get followed by some hulking incel. Come to think of it, if you go to the store during the day, that also happens really anywhere at any time. It's not like ideal, but that's how it be. Uh, sorry, I wasn't listening. Uh, uh, cool story, or I'm sorry that happened to you. I don't know, whatever. Are we ready to start? Yeah. Everybody hit record, and let's do some clap sync. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to do some clap sync. Thank you.